yeah, yeah. You're listening to Broadway Bullshit Season Broadway 2, bullshit. Episode yeah, 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a spotlight on the stage. It's got two people in it. It's me and Cassidy. Ayo! <laughs> That's it, buddy. I was going to say, you're sitting elbow to elbow with someone. We have made it <laughs> Hi, guys. We're live, everybody. We're live. This is live. Yeah. We're large and in charge right now. Thank you so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we watched Sweet Charity this week, and I I have to offer this into the episode early because I I doing it late would be weird. But my exactly. high school shout out Crest Dogs wherever you at. Yeah, they still won't understand this because I was the only <laughs> one who got this. But our dance team for the senior like drill team solo goodbye, like my uh-huh. last dance ever. I'm gonna hang up my hat. Uh-huh. Is historically every year to if they could see me now from Sweet Charity. That's a choice, and and it's just like and no, I'm like, hey, do y'all know this is from a musical? And they're always like, no, it's just tradition. It's an old song. But but guys, know where your songs come from. But guys, know where they come from, and that song's a little sad. It's about a sex worker being like, I finally got it with like like yeah. a rich man is finally interested in me. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're doing your high kicks. If they could see me now, that little gang. It was so odd. And no one in the whole school like knew what was going on. And like, she's about to be destroyed. Uh, wow. Well, welcome. that's a perfect segue <laughs> into sweet charity. <laughs> welcome, folks. Abby, please tell me you're playing for a minute. Please, please, please. I have no understanding of this plot. What did we take? Wait, what did we do first? We did Ratatouille. Sarah then- and the Mean then Girls. Brian. You know what? I will do it. I'll start. Thank you, Abby. Abby is doing a mitzvah on the pod right now. Oh, my God. Wait, you got a time? Oh, I do have to time you. That is a component of this timed segment. (laughs) That is how the show operates here. In fact. All right. You ready? God, I didn't think about this at all. Sure. Yeah. Let's go, homie. Okay, so it is about Charity, Sweet Charity. Charity Hope Valentine, who has a problem where she is... Look, I finally got one name right. Um, she she has a problem where she's like chronically in love and she's always falling for men and she gives way more than they end up actually taking from her. Starts with her opening boyfriend who steals from her and then she finds a um, actor, famous guy who she's in love with and then she ends up having to sleep in the closet. It's a whole mess. But then she finds this lovely man who's claustrophobic in an elevator. She's just like looking for him. And she doesn't tell him what she does for work, which is, spoiler, she's kind of a sex worker. She's a dancer, but it's heavily implied that she's also a sex worker. And um, she starts dating him and go it's so totally nice. And she's, like, lying to him about who she is, but she's always been lying to the girls that she works with. So she's kind of got this, like, fatal flaw of lying. And so then she finally decides to tell him who she actually is. And he's like, I accept you as you are. And like who you have been is not who you are. And like, that doesn't matter. And, you and think it's gonna be time. This- no! To be fair, I gave you no warnings because I was distracted looking up what Tony's the show <laughs> on. So like you really freeformed that. I gave you no 30 second warning. Keep going, well, Abby. The only the only thing I was missing, damn, I thought I was killing time really, too. You, I have- you were, you, you got to so much. We're like at the end. Yeah. The only thing is, is that you think that it's going to be all fine and then like they're going to go get married. Also, this is my note to myself right here and right now. Do not say like as many times as you did on the Mean Girls episode, Abby. You have to edit it out. It is your own nightmare (laughs) that you live in. Um, 
Or um, Abby. Thank you. <laughs> no ums allowed on the pod no more. No ums, likes, or uh, 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 about it. And then, and then right as they're about to get married, he says that he knows that there's nothing really wrong with her, that he can't get over it. Um, he can't get over her past. And she's like crying like Abigail, I will kill you. She's crying. She's upset. And then she gets a flower and she goes on her merry way all by herself. And then it says happily ever after because she ends a movie by herself without a man and still lives happily ever after. That's what happens in that movie. Wow. That was great. <laughs> awesome. Abby and I really wanted to watch a version that Bob Fosse had had his hands on since he is the yeah. one who made this show so famous. And because there are no 19... Um, 68 or 86, love an inverse revival. Um, ooh, ooh, numerology. It's like a palindrome, but not. Love it. <laughs> but we both, so we both watched the movie because there's no bootlegs from the 60s. Yeah. And it was, well, I guess, wow, before minute 10, we're just like popping on into this one, aren't we? We sure are. Welcome Cassidy. to Stop On. We had a lot of excited energy to talk about this show. <laughs> Fly, die, or retry, sweet charity. Okay, folks. So I'm going to develop <laughs> this thesis throughout the episode. Love it. Love it's going support. But Talk, welcome to our um, devised theater process. <laughs> no, Abby, we already <laughs> talked about devising. <laughs> I believe it should die. Not because, mm -hmm. at least in a Broadway sense, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. not because it has material it would need some tweaking with the material for sure it's a little mm -hmm. anti-women anti-sex worker of course yeah you know it's the 60s but without bob fossey's hands on it because i did watch a lot of the 2005 christina applegate revival of the show and the girl who's in debt to me that was listening mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it didn't have that pop and that's what made me go to the movie because i was like mm -hmm. i know this is such a culturally iconic piece and it's lived mm -hmm. so long and so many people love it mm -hmm. and i'm not really getting it like this is falling flat which is where i read a new york times article about yeah. the revival while i was watching it and they just roasted on sweet christina <laughs> they said but while she executes her steps with care and precision, dance is not a transcendent form of self-expression <laughs> for Miss Applegate. And let's face it, neither is song, nor ultimately Ooh. does she have the sheer freakish voice of personality to make her numbers work. Despite this as musically challenged Melanie Griffith did when she joined the cast of Chicago. Thus it is that Sweet Charity concludes a Broadway season week on musicals, not with a hope for fanfare, but with an all too appropriate wistful whimper. Jeez, they said, what's the opposite of threat? Like, they said triple not threat, triple anti-threat, they said. Yeah, yeah, and they, in the beginning of it, they really tried to be nice to her because I was like, oh, I hope homegirl was having her moment right now. Like, I hope this went well for her. But she broke her leg, like, right before it went to, was going to go to no. Broadway. And they put the understudy in it. And then they were like, look, we don't think we're going to take it to Broadway after these previews. And she was like, no, I'll put the extra money up. Just push the date to this when my leg will be better. Oh, my God. And to be fair... Fosse is so hard. And if you're not yeah. growing up dancing like that, like if you're a celebrity who's like, I'm just going to do a little Fosse vacay 
That is yeah. hard. hard. Yeah, a lot of the research that I did for this week is about the choreography and Fosse himself a little bit. For those who don't know, who just like listen to us because they love us and aren't that into theater, welcome. Hi, I appreciate you. And also we love you. Yeah, we yeah. love you and we're so happy you're here. <laughs> Bob Fosse is probably one of the most famous choreographers, period. Michael Jackson accredited him. Like, a bunch of the big dancers you know credit this musical theater choreographer we know. In a Dramatics article that I read, it says, in 1973, Bob Fosse became the first and still only, and this was published... uh, When was this published? Hello, when were you published? This was published in 2019, so I I doubt that anybody has... Yeah, changed that in two years, but it says... 1973, Bob Fosse became the first and still only director to win a Tony, a, an Oscar, and an Emmy all in the same year. Yeah, he blew up. And there's a great show produced by my love-hate relationship, Ryan Murphy, um, mm. called Fosse Verdon, mm-hmm. about Gwen Verdon and Bob Fosse. And it's incredible. I've seen it four times. Uh, yeah. It's Sam Rockwall um, mm-hmm. as Fosse. Ugh, and it's yeah, exceptional, it and it takes you through most of the musicals that Fosse was involved with. So you get these great historical snippets of each show, but it's acted, and it's Michelle Williams as Gwen Verdon. And your other love-hate relationship, Lin-Manuel Miranda worked on it as well. Uh, yeah. He was just, like, in it briefly. Did he work on it? I think he worked on it, yeah. Oh, it was, was so reading. good. Okay. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> I really love it. Okay, I'm sorry, so- Abby. Fly die retry. In a turn for the absolute topsy-turviest, I said fly. I could understand a complete fly, honestly, and but just knowing it's never going to be as good. Like, I want to see it at high schools and stuff, but I don't think I want to see it on Broadway again without Fosse. Yeah, and I think if you're going to do a retry, you got to do something crazy. That's where we part, though. I understand that... Fosse is a genius and an Mm. icon. And there are parts of like something as simple as the jazz hands can be attributed to Fosse, which everybody learns if they do theater at like six or 46. And Fosse's style is delineated by a very like turned inward angular. Every wrist is at a certain angle. And he was known for enforcing that too, to a very militant degree. So there's yeah. a lot of borderline abusive practices in Fosse. Yeah. And just a little, a small little dramaturgy dump right here at the top. It's Love been so it. long. Fosse allegedly danced like that and straw- sought for perfection and uh, developed that style of dance based on the things that were wrong with his body. He had a bit of a hunched back and he had kind of knobbed knees and he was balding and he was allegedly embarrassed about it. Obviously, the man is dead. We cannot ask him. Ghost of Fosse, come to me tonight and verify this. There's a ri- there's a huge like Fosse anthology that like I know a bunch of theater hoes read, but I certainly yeah. did not. I don't have the time. Still a student. But I've heard good things. But he... There was a lot of incorporation of the hat in a lot of his dancing, and people have alleged that it's because he was... That's where MJ got it from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he was balding, and he wanted to hide it, and so he just used it. So I think some of that is interesting, but in the fly of this show, I do think 
I feel so mixed. I want to say that the Fosse part should die because I really, really don't like his theater practices. I don't like how hard he worked his actors. Yeah, but you can't take his style out of this show, Abby. Somebody smart can. Somebody, what, somebody out there. Then? The plot's not that good. I... I liked the plot. And the music's all right. Hi. I like I liked the ending, but I think the plot was really like, oh, this poor woman for a lot of it. Yeah, this one, I don't, I feel like I'm about to uh, contradict a lot of what I've said in the past on this yeah. one. Yeah, this piece is very much an homage to the 60s and in, yeah. in a lot of very creative and different ways too. And in some of the ways that the music is so I don't want to see this outside of the 60s. However, it is also no. similarly hard to grapple with the 60s being such this iconic aesthetic time and to watch shows like Sweet Charity, but like also understand that the civil rights movement was going on. Yeah. And that's a, re yeah, like, because those times get really idolized. And I'm like, oh, look at everyone in their cute little shift dresses. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Segregation was still happening at certain spots. Yeah. I just what I uh, what I did like about the plot for this was that it was and, you know, it's still a female heroine character written by a man. So it has its flaws, of course. But what I liked is that it was like the classic hero's journey for a man flipped completely on its head. And it was one of the first to do that. Yeah. And and you see so much like Sally Bowles in her like you see how other yeah. characters were influenced by this or how she was influenced by other characters and I think, I think that's the thing, is it's not like, what do you have if all of this is gone? You have the character of Charity. The plot is not that great. It's just typically the actress playing Charity is so compelling that you're rooting I, with her. I really like the plot. I thought it was fairly simple, but smart. She just goes through a series of relationships and yeah. learns from them. And then ultimately, when she actually finds maybe what actually was love... Granted, she doesn't really say it as much as the other guy. She comes to the conclusion. I, I just maybe it's because that's what I'm trying to write personally right now as well. Is that and she is feels a, like a riveter? I think I'm using that term correctly. Like I understand. I don't know what that is. All right, one sec. Like Rosie. <laughs> oh, 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 duh. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> my brain broke. The feminists come for me. Come for me. Stop, I keep accidentally Googling what is a river and it won't end. Well, a river is a, a fast-moving or slow-moving body of water. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was absolutely completely incorrect. A riveter is like the part you do a certain part in the machine warehouse. Yeah, she feels like that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, folks. Um, but, oh my God. yeah, Charity is that very, like, Sally Bull. She's kind of a manic pixie dream girl of sorts. She's an independent one, but she's a manic pixie dream girl for sure. Yeah, and like, do I love that her plot revolves, literally revolves around men? No. Who just kind of but, push her around. Yes. I do wish there were more, if I was really going to critique the story structure, I wish that she were a more active protagonist in that like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. You know those like mugs that are like, oh, the mugs are like the princess stands up, fights back in this one. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. It's like in this one, the girl stands up for herself in this one. Yeah, and I, I, I'll get into it a little bit. But the whole point of the movie is that at the end, she decides to stop looking for men and looking only for happiness from a man. Did you get that, though? Did you feel that? 
I did. I did. I think the ending with the hippies was a little weird. Felt kind of vapid. Felt kind of weird, but it ends with and she lived happily ever after, and it was just her. So I did. I don't know. I did like it. Let's get into it. Let's I like go, that let's take. Go. Yeah. Let's. I don't have like. I have notes per song. I'm just going to use it for my mental track. I was going to point out, though, that the original production in 1966, dang, I'm going to correct myself, it's not a palindrome. It's not 1968. It's not a palindrome. It's, it's not a palindrome sorry, at all, folks. though. Don't write. <laughs> uh, so in 1966, it was nominated for almost everything, but it only won Best Choreography. However, the 1986 revival... Oh, have we not talked about that this is the show Bob Fosse died in front of, right? No, what? Is this, it's this one, right? It's 86? I don't know. It's the Sweet Charity Revival, I'm almost positive. Oh, I think you're right. I don't know, though. Yep, it's Sweet Charity, folks. This is crazy. So, Bob Fosse had an aneurysm on his way to seeing the 1986 revival of his show on Broadway. And he died, like, out there on his, like, walking to the theater. That's insane. Yeah, spoiler alert if you're going to watch Fosse Durden and not know your facts, but (laughs) it's history. Please watch that show. Holy crap. Oh, my goodness. On our reading list, can't recommend it enough. (laughs) So the 1986 revival won Best Revival. It won Best Performance of a Featured Actor. It won Best Actress. Oh, it was Beating New Earth in the 80 revival. Um, It won Best Costume Design. And it won Best Featured Actor in a Musical. Mm. So, but Best Revival, like, that's big. Yeah. And I really liked it. Yeah, the the Christina Applegate Revival won nothing. <laughs> also, it was written by Neil Simon. Yeah, it was written by Neil Simon, my man. That is the, like, if I'm going to rep any dead white man, it's Neil Simon. And I hate to say that because I feel like something bad will come out about him into the universe now. So, like, barring any problematic issues... Neil yeah, Simon. my opinions are subject to change. Yeah, but of Neil Simon. Neil Simon does I love it that. right now. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, I think because I knew it was a Neil Simon, I was also very forgiving of the way the plot moved because he does that like... That's true. I wasn't thinking about that at all. And had I been, maybe it would have been a touch different. But I don't... But uh, recently I've also been uh, personally grappling with the idea of like, okay, how do I watch something and just watch it? <laughs> I know. I know. Folks. How do I just enjoy something again without <laughs> knowing all these things and being like, oh, I like when Neil does that, you know? <laughs> it's hard. I get that a lot from Denver, actually. I'll point something out and he's like, I would have not thought about that in a TV show. I was like, yeah, welcome. I'm just too smart for my own good. <laughs> I just can't enjoy. I'm, I just can't turn the artist <sighs> off. Sorry. I'm just so, you know, like creative and quirky and different. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I've got a song list, folks. I do too. Let's rage. So we've got You Should See Yourself. Oh, yeah. It opens. It does. Then we go, oh, yeah. Other people who might not know this show would know the A Big Spender. Great number. Especially especially though, seeing the Fosse Verdon scene where he's like tweaking it forever. Like that's what they open the first episode with, I think. Yeah, they do with him going crazy. Yeah. And so then to see that, because I'd never seen this movie before, was really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. I just, I will say, as much as I do like the plot, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna defend her a little bit right yeah. here and right now, which is so funny. Us just flipped on other sides. Yeah, wow. Um, I feel like Hannah Montana without the wig. <laughs> and just this, I remember watching this opening, and I was like, did I miss something? 
nope, nope, nope. We're just gonna... Yeah. We're just not gonna introduce characters. We're just gonna go. Yeah, very true. But I, similarly to the way, like, the Kit Kat Club and Cabaret, like, they really want it to feel like a club, I felt like Big Spender made it feel real very quickly and took us into the heart of it. Oh, I mean, like, the but Big Spender was great, but the opening opening where oh. she's with her first boyfriend and then her first boyfriend mugs her, when her first boyfriend stole her money, yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah. like, did I miss something? Because that's a pretty... Yeah, it is a, yeah, it's a snippet. It's kind of slice of life. A little bit. It's It was a weird inciting incident, but it made sense in the entirety of the piece. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have Big Spender, Charity Soliloquy. Big Spender is cool because I feel like now's a good time to mention another dramaturgy dump is that Fosse was, uh, along with the angles and the hat and working with his own body, he was really iconic known for saying less is more quote unquote mm-hmm. in his production value which uh, this makes uh, Abby you're allowed to like his work and not like his practices uh, I don't, it's just like he probably sexually harassed many showgirls he There's owned just so up much to about it, him not in a good way but he did say like <laughs> I, I was, he said like I was aware of the power I held and the influences I had over people and I was like aware that I was taking advantage of it I just, I feel like you can't, oh, maybe not you, maybe not you, listener, nor you, Cassidy, but I, I, Fosse gave the theater community so much. He gave the less is more. He gave the like small movements and drawing attention to every little thing. And that's awesome. And he gave jazz hands and he gave so much of the physical language that is American theater now Fosse gave to us, but also like he gave us so many bad practices that we haven't but taken the time. But can we blame him and just him for that? I mean, the Suzuki no. method does that. Like that goes no. back into classical like practice methods. No, you're right. You know, so like while he partook, he did not create. He was you're a right. lot. He was able to come to thrive because the practices already exist and existed in other directors. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. You know. You you saw it depicted for you more clearly because there's so, mm-hmm. there's a lot more stories on it and like there's a show made yeah. about this dude. But for the lesser yeah. famous directors too, they're totally doing this. You're right. So just stop it, lesser famous directors that are listening. Stop it. Start treating your actors and your tech <laughs> and everyone well, ethically. Not to be the child of a union man, but uh, uh, also actors union up. Like union uh, get in there, uh, get in those benefits, baby. Like. Do what you need. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Fight the man. This is a great voice for that. <laughs> yeah, completely agree. So then you have, again, a number that I just really, really liked. It, Rich Man's Fruit, which is very famous uh, yeah. for like the long ponytail that gets whipped around. It's a very iconic and challenging dance. This is when she meets the famous actor. He's, I don't remember his name from this movie, story, whatever. I can't remember my own name. And she goes to dinner with him and then goes home. And when they're at dinner, Rich Man's Frug, And it's, again, a big... As, also, as we continue to do this podcast, I realize how much I like when people incorporate dance numbers at natural moments. Thank you, Jerome yeah. Robbins. <laughs> yes. No, I really liked this. I thought it was cool. I thought the movie did it well. I think I've already said this, but just a reminder that Shirley MacLaine plays Charity in this movie. She's in a lot of other normal people movies. I thought Gwen Verdon played. No. Don't you? That's the plot point of the show is that Gwen didn't get to be in the movie. She just did it on Broadway. And then Shirley MacLaine did the role. 
because they told Gwen she was too old. Oh my god, yes. I am remembering that now. Yeah. So Bob Fosse was married to a woman named Gwen Verdon. Um, Third wife, dramaturgy dub. Oh, yes, correct. And then Anne Rankin, who did pass away this year, sadly, was fourth wife. <laughs> <laughs> However, uh, he choreographed a lot of pieces for her, especially Dan Yankees and a bunch of other shows, including this one. And so she played this role for a really long time and then didn't get the role in the movie. And she... And they were BFFs with Neil Simon. Yeah. And she was kind of more iconically his muse. I'm going to rewatch the show after we record this. (laughs) I'm starting to rewatch seven. (laughs) Nice. I'm going to watch The Bachelor after we record this. Oh, tomorrow. We watch it live over here? Uh, We normally watch (laughs) it live. I'm waiting to be a gracious friend to someone. Okay. Okay. But... Yeah, Gwen Verdon was kind of iconically his muse. And also she, he would say that she was one of the few people that could like keep up with him. Yeah. And she was just as much of a perfectionist as he was. So rather than like overworking his actors, he was like collaborating more so. Yeah. I, again, I cannot recommend this show enough. Fossey Verdon <laughs> on FX. It is such a great TV show. And an easy binge. Oh, oh. God. Once you start, you don't want to stop. You're just in the gray hole because they film it all in this grayscale kind of. Not really. Not grayscale, but like film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So Rich Man's Frug and then the the other big number that everyone knows. There's like three famous songs in this show. If they yeah. could see me now, my mm. little game of mine. Drinking fancy mm. and drinking fancy wine. <laughs> yeah, this may have been one of those songs that they played on the radio too. Because I feel like my parents know this song too well and don't know. Sweet Charity that well. Oh, <laughs> this is the song that I stopped taking notes in, actually. I was having a lovely time just watching it. I didn't take any notes when I watched this. <laughs> I just had it freeform. <laughs> yeah, I was, that's another reason I got to fly. I truly just enjoyed watching it. I also had to watch it. I enjoyed it a lot. I did. I, I just don't want another. I don't think I need a revival of it on Broadway. I think we I should teach it for educational value, but I, I yeah. just don't need it on a commercial level anymore. Yeah, I don't. I agree. I don't think that there's anything that I need from it. But if somebody found something to say through it, I certainly yeah. wouldn't be opposed to seeing it again. I'd listen. I, I would yeah. want Fosse, but I'd listen and hope that they honored some of his. I like those bent knees. I like the way it looks and it feels and it sounds, Abby. He's good. And it's, uh, we're also still so close to him in history that that style of music, I have the cognitive association of that style of music with his dance moves. Yeah. Like I can, I can hear when it's a song that Fosse choreographed. For our listeners, Fosse also did Chicago, if that helps you visualize kind of his style a touch more. And Cabaret, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's very. We didn't schedule a cabaret for this season, and it breaks my heart. I've been. I don't know why I forgot about it. I've been dying we, to do cabaret. We chose this over cabaret. I don't know why we did that. I love cabaret. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly wasn't in the room when we put those up against what? each other. It's just you and me. This is the whole room. This is the room. I feel excluded from the meeting. We're in the room. I would have never. I don't think I understood that it was that. I think I just like thought we left out cabaret. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to the room. Hi. The room where it happened. The oh. room where it happened. The room where it happened. Yay. I didn't need that. I'll be real. <laughs> but we're gonna see Cabaret into the season. Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> if he could see me now, it just takes place when she's at the rich guy's house, the actor, and he starts giving her things so that she can prove to her other sex worker co-work co-workers, co-workers that she met this um that she met this man. 
because nobody's going to believe her. So if if they could see me now. And it's ironic that your dance team did it because it's right before his girlfriend comes back and then he ends up yeah. sleeping with his girlfriend in the other room well, while she has to sleep there. in the closet. What on earth? How did that? What? <laughs> I, and that's what makes... It's moments like that that make this movie fun for It's very for Neil me. Simon. That's very Neil yeah, Simon. Yeah, because it's still so farcical in that way. That's what it is. This plot is so farcical, and that's why I think yeah, it was a little weird to watch. Too. I do. Abby loves a farce, folks. I do. And I feel like it was a respectful farce. Yeah. I could be wrong. No, I didn't feel like she was the butt of the joke that much, honestly. Like, you know, there were a few, the, the sex work-ish, of course, but like, again, 60s. And some of it, like, I don't, I don't know. I didn't feel like the sex workers yeah, were being made like fun was, of. No, I really didn't. I felt like everything had a lot of dignity behind it. And and that's on Neil Simon, maybe. Yeah. Please, if, if there's something wrong with him, tell me, but tell me gently because it will break my heart. Yeah, please, let us down gently. <laughs> oh, I just used to sit in the library and read Neil Simon anthologies. Maybe yeah, I'll order think, a new one after this. I think he was one of the first playwrights that I like, yeah, read. That I, like, the, read. And I read a, a large body of his work because I was like, oh, I want to read another Neil Simon. Yeah, and they flew too so quickly. I would just like blaze them through. And... Also, just like for my agent who might or might not be listening because you're looking for me right now, um, my typecast is the lead female characters in Neil Simon plays. Yeah. Like that is my type. Yeah, that's very true. That is. So if you're it's looking for me. It's fascinating that that is your type while you are not Jewish because I think there is some inherent Jewish timing to Neil Simon. And I think. You just get I it. Think, like that is the penultimate that you get it. And like that's when I was in high school, that's what I was always cast in the leading roles as was those types of shows. Okay, so interesting. it makes sense to me that you've always called my humor Jewish if that's yeah. how you feel. Yeah. No. <laughs> I I was one of Abby's first close Jews, but like she really gets the culture now. It's so fast. Her growth, insane. The biggest leaps and bounds I've ever seen a, a, a Gentile friend make. And I'm honored. I'm honored to be here, everybody. <laughs> wow. She's really, she's a part of the culture, folks. She's officially <laughs> socially Jewish. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my goodness. Um, what's next in the show? Sweet Charity. <laughs> uh, too Many Tomorrows, which is whatever. And then the- What happens then? I don't know. The man sings it, so I probably wasn't paying attention. Oh, oh, he's saying he loves her. Too Many Tomorrow. There are, like, there. Are, there's no such thing as Too Many Tomorrows with you. Which man? Vittorio. Okay, cool. So man number two. So man number one yeah. took her wallet. Man number two made her sleep in the closet while he had sex with his girlfriend. And then Charity and her ladies saying, hey. there's got to be something better than this. Something. Yeah. And when I find it, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Cool song. Loved it. Really enjoyed. Thought the melody was cool. There's got to be. Oh, I, I messed up. It's, there's got to be something better than this. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. It's cool. I just think it was a really good... It was a it was a plot advancing song that also had dance in it, and, and I, I didn't liked it. Think it was too much like poor sex workers. No, it just you was know? people that were in jobs that didn't they didn't necessarily want to be in because of how they're treated. I I yeah, I'm kind of on board with the way that it yeah, was portrayed. Yeah, and I could be yeah. Oops. Cool. <laughs> then we have I'm the bravest individual, 
which closes Act One. Yeah. And then Act I Two. I thought it was go ahead, go interesting ahead. that the movie had an intermission. Oh, I love it. Old movies. I love old movie musicals that give an intermission. That's one that of my was favorite. so sweet. And Sound of Music has that. Fiddler has that. There's a few. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, it's like mm-hmm. the ones that if it came out on VHS, odds are it has it. Nice. Yeah. I was watching this on a illegal website. Same. So, yeah. So I couldn't press pause because I was too afraid that pressing pause would give my computer a virus. Oh, I watched mine on YouTube, but the screen was like a quarter of the screen and the rest of the screen was blue clouds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why you didn't get the... Because you did you get the ending? Like, did you literally get to see the ending? Because that one didn't show it. Oh, uh, then probably not. That makes sense. That totally makes sense why that's your take then. Okay. But um, because I watched that towards the end. But I was too afraid to press pause when I was watching the illegal one. So I was like, wow, I feel like I'm actually at the theater because I have to pee. But there's no way I'm stopping this right now because I'm too afraid of a virus on my Mac. (laughs) We open act two with a funky song that I like called The Rhythm of Life. And the rhythm of life is a tentacle beat. You can feel it in your fingers or feel it in your feet. I've heard that song because I had to do like a weird dance combo to it once. But I didn't mm-hmm. realize it was so like funky fresh in the movie. Yeah. That's cool. It's all like it's the because, new age folk. Yeah. At the end of act one, she met man number three. I don't remember what his name is either. I'm really killing. His name is Oscar. Ooh, his name is Oscar. Yes, Oscar. Um, the, the Grouch. Um, no. But he, they met in an elevator. Then he asked to take her out. And then at the opening of act two, they've gone on a couple of dates. And now he wants to take her to a quote unquote church. And it's a church dedicated to the rhythm of life, to good music, apparently, which is kind of fun. Yeah, very, very hippie culture of the 60s. Yeah, I I did think that was a bit of a strange inclusion. Like, the hippie culture comes back at the end to tie it all together. I didn't really get it. I liked I didn't... it. I thought, I thought it was part of the homage to the 60s. I was all on board with it. I, I didn't get it, but I wasn't opposed to it. I thought it was kind of Jesus Christ Superstar-esque. Yeah. Like a yeah, little, a little droplet of JCS. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. It was a fun, another, it was another good place for a big dance number. That was, Boom. that was a- Kick the floor and crawl to daddy. Boom. Uh, yeah, just rhythmically, this song is cool and has very interesting highs and lows. I also thought it was interesting when we got to this one, because this was like, this was probably the third or fourth big dance number in this mm-hmm. show. And I feel like after Mean Girls, which you and I were complaining about how many party scenes there were. Yeah. When I don't they're know. done right, you like them. It doesn't distract you. No, I had a really good director who, would, when I was in Cabaret, it also has a lot of, like, random party scenes. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And, yeah, it, like, the Kit Kat girls, like, double as, like, townspeople and stuff. Yeah. Um... And he really worked on that. He's like, look, this this got to feel natural because then the shocking, like when the twist happens, it has to be, it has to really cut. Yeah, yeah. And I just, Bossy, man, he might have been a perfectionist. Those people were overworked. They were very tired, but they made the man had art. a clear image. He knew exactly what he wanted. Mm-hmm. And as a 20-something about to graduate in a pandemic, that would be really nice. I wish I had that. I wish I could have. (laughs) So we have Baby Dream Your Dream. Mm. I think it's the gal pals again. Baby Dream Your Dream. I'm going to start telling that to people when they're feeling down. (laughs) And then Oscar sings Sweet Charity. Yep. That's the the, the, the name. Drink. (laughs) And then (laughs) Charity sings. Oh, I had the melody, but I just left it. It's Where Am Uh, I Going? Every time I know that this is the wrong show, where am I going? Can you take me with you? I don't know. The one that comes into my head is, where do I go? Follow the river. 
from here. That makes me think, where where do I go? I don't know anymore. Uh, there is no before. So what does it make you think, listener? Write in decks of choke tunes going on. Write in what song you thought of during that part. <laughs> where am I going? No, I don't think that's it. I had the melody. It left me. It's I will say that's a bit of a point off for me for Sweet Charity is that none of these melodies kind of stuck in my head. I don't have any earworms and I yeah. usually have a couple. Yeah. Like I, if they could see me, that was catchy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They could see. So then we get. Or Big Spender, but. Yeah. Big Spender. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't really get stuck in my head, though, honestly. Maybe because it's such like a staple. I just know it. I wouldn't yeah. say that it ever gets stuck in Same. my head. Agree. So then we have I'm a Brass Band. By charity, and then I love to mm-hmm. cry at weddings closes the show with everyone. Or not, I don't know. No, I love to cry at weddings is, so I'm a brass band is after she just tells man number three the truth about her, which is that she right. is a sex worker, um, which is hard for her to do. She struggled doing it. She didn't tell man number two at all about it. And bup, 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 bup. she's celebrating because he says that he doesn't really care and that he's going to be a normal human being and treat her like a human being instead of being a douche, not douche, dick. Ow, ow, Abby. Yeah. yeah. That... Male insulting language only. <laughs> yeah. I'm working really hard on that one. Me and my roommate are both pro that. That's great. Shouts out to your dad. <laughs> but I Love to Cry at Weddings is the climax of the show. And it was at this moment that I was like, oh, this is about to be a tragedy, not a comedy. Because if it's a general rule of thumb is that if it's a comedy, then... The climax is a low point for the character so that they have nothing but gains and gains. <laughs> and then if it's a tragedy, the climax is a high point for the character so that they lose everything in the last act. And I was like, oh, weird. I didn't know this was going to be a tragedy, which is why I liked the ending so much. The ending is just the finale. The ending is that man's number three. They're about to get married. And then he's like, I can't do this, basically because she is a sex worker. He And another point that I really liked about the show is that he takes great care in his language to be like, yeah, I don't think that there's anything fundamentally wrong with you. It is my problem. And I don't think that I'm going to be able to get over it. And I don't agree with that sentiment, but I do like that they yeah. took the time not to like villainize. He wasn't insulting her. Yeah. He just kind of bowed out. It, it felt classist, but not like denigrating. Yeah. And I didn't love it, but I was, it was happy handled that in the best way it could have been handled. Yeah, for it being the plot point that it needed to be. Yeah, and for it being 1966. Yeah, and while I don't love that this musical obviously does not pass the Bechdel test at all, because mm. her whole plot revolves around men, and I don't, I wish if there were a retry, I wish there were a way where she has more say in the breakup because he makes the decision for them and then she has to just deal with it. And I yeah. don't love, again, I just, my biggest critique is that I wish Charity had more agency in her own story, but I do love that the ending is her leaving and she lives happily ever after, assumedly alone, because yeah. personally, I've never seen a story end like that. Yeah. I just really, I really, really liked the ending. And she ends up alone in a way that you feel that is going to be good for her, that she quit a job she didn't like and she's going to be her own person and her whole life may not revolve around love. Could they have strengthened that at the end? Sure, maybe, but it was 1960. It's not like Fosse respected women that much anyway. No! 
So this was kind of crazy that he was doing this. Yeah. He really didn't respect women. Yeah, not that much. I just... In conclusion, Cassidy, got any thoughts? <laughs> A lot and none at the same time. <laughs> I, I think this is a very iconic piece, and I like the things it highlights, and I like what it stands for periodizationly. Period. Mm-hmm. You know, that word. It's a word now. She yeah. just made it, so yeah, screw you if you so don't like it. Much. Periodizationally. <laughs> um, and I like where it is stylistically as well. Uh-huh. I I think someone who closely studied under Fosse could really make it shine. So mm-hmm. like I just let's put her on let's put her in the vault for a little bit. Yeah. Let's let her rest. And then let's come back to her and like see what's there. But I, I think she could use some downtime. Yeah, yeah. I think um, if you're going to do, I think a lot of things. I think if you're going to do a, a lesson on the male gaze in cinema uh. and Cindy Sherman's work on the female gaze and altering that, this is a great movie to look at. That's a super art ho, art history plug right there, though. I think if you're going to do a Fosse show in general, that that's a perfect opportunity for your regional theater to look at. Fosse's practices, see why they were problematic, and learn from them and make sure that your theater is protecting the actors and performers better. On top of... Yeah, non-theater people, I feel like that might be a thing y'all don't fully understand, but theater is such emotionally like vulnerable work that the yeah. window for abuse is just so large. And yeah. that can be done in so many different ways. And yeah. so, and that can take shape in so many different forms. But I think most actors can tell you about a show they've been in that was like that and how it just sucked everything out of them. And that is some... And it happens way more often. And yes, Abby, and that's some Broadway bullshit. That is some Broadway bullshit! That's some Broadway bullshit. But I I was delightfully surprised by this show. Granted, I love a farce. I love a Neil Simon moment. And as a director, an aspiring director myself, I can't... I can't watch Bob Fosse work and not be simply stunned by it because the way he unfolds a story is genius and it is perfect to a degree. It's insane. All of his stuff is just so well thought out and I only can strive to be that well thought out while hopefully taking better care of the people that work with me. Yeah. 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 That's great, folks. This has been a lovely... (laughs) Listeners, close your ears. This is just for Abby. Abby, (laughs) this has been lovely. I have had a great conversation (laughs) with you about this show. Since it's just you and me and no one (laughs) listening, I just want to say that I too have had a lovely time (laughs) chatting with you. It's been sweet. I would go on a second date. (laughs) I don't know. I have to ask my mom for permission first. But yes, (laughs) Yvonne, if you're listening... Text me if I can go on a second date or not. It's all up to you, baby. (laughs) All the love, bullshitters. We'll be back next week with... We don't know yet. Yeah, we're figuring it out, folks. We're going to talk about it. It's going to be a point on the pod why we've had to spend so much time trying to do this the right way. Stay tuned. Also, just a little FYI, listeners. Abby has challenged me. I, I know every single one of you listened to our Ratatouille episode because dun, I know dun, you dun, did. Dun. I absolutely know you did. Dun, 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 dun. And if you did, Sarah and Abby began to bully me about Shrek the Musical. <laughs> and I really, really, really don't want it on the pod. 
but someone already emailed in <laughs> and asked for it to be on the pod. So Abby is going to, Abby and I are going to battle and we're going to need your votes and your love. And I'm going to buy some votes, folks. I'll send you Girl Scout cookies. Like, I don't want to do Shrek. Hit my line. Tell me what I can do for you to vote for SpongeBob SquarePants the Musical. I'm going to ethically campaign, unlike some people here. I'm going to ethically campaign. I'm just going to slip them a little under the table if they need it. Yeah, that's not <laughs> ethical. That's good. You're like, I'm going to ethically campaign until I take it to an unethical level. Yep, correct. Folks, please don't make me do Shrek on the pod. Ogres have lairs, Cassidy, and we need to dissect them. That's so dumb. I like, I enjoyed the movie too, and then we just like drove this into the no, ground. No, and you know I love Brian Darcy James. Like, I'm all Spongebob over that Shrek. Is so cool. I love Brian Darcy James. He is not, I am not tainting him. <laughs> I so, love that man. In conclusion, since you're all voting for Shrek because you're all reasonable people, uh, please peanut butter us that you want to hear about Shrek. Thank you. Peanut butter me for SpongeBob, and we're going to get some monitored voting mechanisms set up soon. <laughs> and I mean security <laughs> monitor. I'm going to need a picture of your driver's license. I'm going to need your fingerprints. You can only vote once. Oh my God. You can only vote once, and you only need to vote for Shrek. Mm. Once. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I'm going to cry. It's fine. Thank you, <laughs> bullshitters. We love you. We like doing this a whole lot. Check out our webpage. Check out our Instagram. Check out our Facebook. Send us to your friends. Everyone whip out your phone right now. Before this episode ends, send this podcast to a friend of yours. Thank you. And now that you've done that, thank you, uh, Liza K. Thank you, Empress of Marketing. Thank yep. you, Bruce K. For teaching me that... We should do male only <laughs> mean names. Abby knows uh, a lot about entomology though, so Abby kind of taught me that too. Uh, I do like etymology. It was an exchange. Anybody want to hit me up with linguistics information in relation to musicals, you will be my new best friend. Mm. Thank you to Yvonne for allowing me to go on a second date with Cassidy. I'm sure uh, you're going to say yes. Love. And yeah, thank you, bullshitters. Ow, ow. Bye-bye. Bye, bullshitters. Bye, bullshitters.